Welcome to episode two, season two. As yet unnamed. Yeah, as yet unnamed. Pete and Brian. Uh, I'm going to talk about Oregon State sports. Oregon State University sports. Yeah. yeah. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Sure. Last time we uh, talked, uh, we had a few things going on. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe gloss over those real quick. Uh, football team did win that game. No. Yeah, they did. I, w- yeah, we did debate that. Yeah. I was wrong. They did beat UCLA. Yeah, and then they came crashing back down to earth. Yeah, then week. then reality struck. So last that week. may have been more of a function of just how terrible UCLA was than OSU having made a step forward. Well, Utah was pretty. But good. Utah's really, really good. good. So it's you know, really there we go. Say. We'll see what happens this yeah. weekend. But moving on to other sports, which yeah. took place. Uh, the volleyball team has been active. Their Pac-12 season, of course, in review, got off to a great start by beating the Ducks. It's uh, been significantly less good since then, results-wise, anyway. Uh, after being swept by the Northern California schools at home in Gill Coliseum, they went north to the Evergreen State, and the fortunes didn't improve a heck of a lot. On the 10th, they uh, got hammered in three straight sets by the Huskies. Now, Again, the Pac-12, great volleyball conference. Mm-hmm. UW is ranked number 11 nationally, yeah. and they made pretty quick work of the Beavers. Uh, good news for the Beavers is that match, uh, junior um, Maddie Goings finally got unleashed. She's one of their better players, and she had kind of a slump going on, and uh, she was unleashed just a little bit, played very well, uh, got nine kills for the offense. But other than that, uh, there was an ace on one service, and at one point they got ahead of the Huskies in one set, 10-5, and the Huskies took a timeout and scored, I think, the next eight points, and then mm. it kind of seized control from there. Uh, so they mushed right back into it, and they uh, weren't a lot of bright spots for the Beavers. Next stop was Pullman, speaking of spots that aren't bright. Uh, but they, um, the Pac-12, hey, did I tell you it's a good volleyball yeah, conference? Did we hammer on that at all? Yeah, no, they're a pretty good volleyball conference. Yeah, okay, so, uh, <laughs> so on the Palouse, it didn't go so great for the Beavers. They, uh, stretched the number 24-ranked Cougars to four sets, but they ended up dropping that match as well, uh, pushing the Beavers to 8-9 and nine on the year, 2-4 uh, and four in conference play, and it won't get a whole lot easier this yeah, weekend. it's going to be a tough weekend. Southern with California schools rolling in, so SC on Friday, UCLA Sunday. Yeah, those games are at 7 Friday and 2 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. Of course, on campus, though, at Oregon State, sports are only one part of the student-athlete's life. The other part is, of course, being a student. Um, and the volleyball team continues the rich tradition of Beaver athletes performing in the classroom. McKenna um, Brown, who is a senior from Conifer, Colorado, she was named one of the student-athletes of the month for Oregon State University. Molecular biology major, uh, stalwart backline player for the Beavers, and uh Good job for McKenna. I can't, I can't even spell it. I know. Molecular biology. Like, like, it's hard to pronounce. It's hard to, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. But she's actually, uh, as I understand it, a double major in molecular biology and chemistry. Uh, so <laughs> she might very well be. She might be. Uh, might yeah. have a good future ahead of her. I mean, yeah. Probably going to med school or something like that. Um, Possibly. Soccer team's been in action. The women's soccer team, good news, bad news for them. Uh, they hosted number two in the country, Stanford. Uh, Good news is defense notched an 11-block game. That is actually a school record for 11 blocks. The bad news is, of course, that means that Stanford was on the Beavers' end of the field a good deal of the game. Cardinal ultimately ended up winning that game 2-0 or 2-0 for the soccer snobs or uh, for fans of the great Ed Whalen, uh, formerly of uh, Coin 6 Sports in Portland, 2 Diddley. (laughs) Um, You know, Ed's still out there now. 
Is he? Yeah, he goes by his real name, Waylon Boot. He works huh. for uh, the county, I think. Um, on Sunday, the Beavers faced the uh, Cal Bears, and uh, that was a grueling up-and-down-the-pitch type of match, and the Beavers got off more shots than did Cal. Unfortunately, neither uh, they nor the Bears were able to get a uh, ball into the net, so it ended in a 0-0 tie, or nil-nil, or diddly diddly. Diddly draw. Yeah. And the, so they're playing this weekend as well. They are, in fact. Friday yep. night at 7. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. they are. Yep. I've uh, got who they're taking on a little bit farther down the page. I've forgotten oh. who it is already, but it's there. Um, men's soccer team, uh, they played on the 6th down at uh, Leland Stanford Juniors Farm in Palo Alto, California. And they battled. Uh, Stanford was number 2 in the men's uh, rankings at the time as well. But uh, they battled them to a 1-1 draw. Stanford's good at soccer. Um, earlier that week, the Beavers lost at uh, Cal uh, in Berkeley. Uh, last week, then the Beavers went up to Seattle to battle the Dogs, who by that point, they were the number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. So Pac-12 was good at soccer, too. Uh, last, Pac-12's so, uh, good at a lot of things. Yeah, they really are. Uh, 2-1 decision to the Dogs. Um, men's soccer is going to be off uh, until the 24th. A little bit gymnastics note, uh, our signee by the name of Jade Carey, she made her presence known mm-hmm. at the World Championship Did in she? Stuttgart. She actually ended up taking a silver medal in the vault uh, to Simone Biles, who, big shocker, she took the gold, right? In fact, though, in a preliminary round, Carey even scored a higher score than Biles, so she pushed her teammate to uh, do even better. Hmm. And so those two pushing each other, U.S. team is really strong. They took the overall gold, and Carey is making her case very strongly to be on the 2020 Olympic team. So we wish her all the luck in the world. Although I'm sure that Tanya Chaplin would love to have her in Corvallis. It's really awesome what she's doing on the yep. world stage. Uh, men's golf, they went out uh, to New York last week. They dominated the field at the Hamptons Intercollegiate. Every single Beavers golfer that participated finished in the top 20. Uh, Sean Liu won the overall title, first individual uh, title of his career, four over 220. Conditions were pretty rough. Uh, junior Spencer Tibbetts, who's been the number one player for the last couple of years, he tied for second, five over 221, uh, including a final round of one under 71. Then back to beautiful Tristing Tree, a home sweet home for the Beavers and on the golden paved road that is Highway 34 mm. on the banks of the Willamette. Mm. Uh, the Beavers dominated that 15-team field. They won the stroke play events by a total of 19 strokes. First back-to-back wins in tournaments by the Beavers in a very long time. I could not quite put my fingers on how long, but they hadn't won back-to-back tournaments in quite a while. Uh, Sophomore Carson Berry won the individual title. He actually hit a hole-in-one on number four. Uh, It's a 224-yard par three. Um, Now, we both played a Tristic Tree. And I can't hit the ball. Never come close to hitting a hole in one, let alone 224. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, More than once I've reached the green on my first shot and then four-putted my way to a double bogey. But nonetheless. um, uh, So if you're keeping track, though, this is good. The fall golf season is going well. Uh, Beaver has won the individual title at all three events that they participated in the fall season, which is awesome. Spencer Tibbetts won the Husky Invitational. Uh, then Lou won the Hamptons, and then Barry won the Oregon State Invitational. So this golf team is turning into a really good program, and that's exciting. Uh, not much of the fall season left, but uh, they're going to uh, have a couple more events. And then women's uh, golf, 
Beavers played at the Stanford Invitational last week, got off to a bit of a slow start, and it took a good, strong finish for them to even uh, almost make it to the top 10 as a team. Mm. They ended up 11th out of a 17-team field. Uh, Izzy Taylor went for two under in the final round, and Ellis Lamb went one under in the final round. Uh, wrestling, uh, as of our last podcast, the wrestling team was hosting their annual kickoff dinner over at Benton County Fairgrounds. Their practice has begun, so that's grueling. Um, they're putting in their work right now, and they will hit the mats before too long. The cross-country team participated in the Charles Bowl Invitational at Bush uh, Park in Salem. That one was hosted by Willamette University. And Maddie Furman uh, finished 11th on the 5K. Uh, so that's 3.1 miles if you're scoring at home, or even if you're all alone. And uh, that was 18 minutes, 24.2 seconds. And her teammate and the only other Beaver running in this particular event Sydney Nedstra uh, clocked in at 19 minutes, uh, 29.6 seconds to finish 58. Um, baseball's in the middle of their fall scrimmages. Uh, they had the orange and black games go on, and those uh, were seven inning games that they chopped up into bits. And they're almost like uh, in spring training, they have simulated games, if you will. And it, but they they have that going just to keep from getting rusty. It was kind of cool if you looked on the YouTube's. Uh, Coach Canham took batting practice and he hit a couple deep, so that was kind of fun. But uh, so Coach Canham has to evaluate, of course, what he's got going into the spring, and that's pretty much what fall ball is for. Uh, more significantly, uh, number four overall pick in the 18 draft, Nick Madrigal, picked up a minor league gold glove award at second base. Oh, nice. uh, Madrigal was hitting 333 at AA Birmingham, Birmingham rather, and uh, during his uh, time there, he only committed one error, and he was there for most of the season after he got moved up from long season A. And uh, he actually, his first uh, two weeks at AA, he was hitting over 400, so that was pretty awesome. And then he ended up the season at 333 with only one error, and he was promoted to AAA Charlotte just about time for the uh, minor league season to end. But the good news is that he's just playing phenomenal baseball. And provided he stays healthy, he's going to have a really good shot at making the Chicago White Sox major league roster next season. And I can't be more excited for him because that guy is an exciting baseball player. He steals a lot of bases. His glove is money. And he hits well. So uh, good luck to Mr. Madrigal, of course. Uh, men's basketball, nothing to report so far, thank goodness. Because that means that uh, thus far, nobody's got hurt, right? Yeah, right. Yep, uh, knock on wood. Uh, Trace Tinkle, the uh, piston to make the Beavers' engine run. He is the coach's son, the man who, along with GP2, helped the Beavers make their first NCAA tournament appearance in 25 years, a few years ago. Uh, He is back for his senior season after toying with an NBA draft entry, thank goodness. And he finds himself on the Julius Irving Award watch list, which is the award given to the top small forward in the country. It's a branch off of all of those mm-hmm. Naismith Awards. Um, it's ironic, though, a college basketball award is named for Dr. J because he only, I believe, played one year at University of Massachusetts mm-hmm. before he went off to play in the ABA. And if you're wondering what the ABA is, uh, mommies and daddies used to know about it. They had the red, white, and blue basketball. It's a, there's a book about it called Loose Balls by Terry Pluto, or there's actually also a documentary on HBO. 
Actually, it's my dream one day, Brian. I have a dream mm-hmm. uh, that someone makes a, a life uh, a documentary out of the life of ABA superstar John Brisker. That's your. That's your. Why don't you write the screenplay and then we can I, shop I can, that around? Know, I should have right? to uh, see if I can do that. Whereabouts unknown. That's the amazing part. The dude would light up opponents. He was, uh, and he would fight anybody. Anybody. He would fight his teammates. He would fight coaches. He'd fight refs. Fight fans. One time, the um, security guards had to hold him down in the locker room because he was going to return to the court with his handgun. Um, he ended up playing in the NBA with the Supersonics, clashed with coaches in a stunning development, and it's rumored that he ended up as a mercenary for Idi Amin in Uganda. <laughs> and the ABA has so many crazy stories, yes, right? Like, his, his like, is the craziest, I think. Well, I well that the one that I like is a uh, the Spirits of St. Louis franchise. Right? Yes. those two guys sold well, Bad News Barnes and uh, yeah, but they had the sweetest deal for the longest time with the NBA, and they were making so much money <laughs> off the television rights. Yeah, that it took you know it was like I think they if I'm looking at this right, I remember it's like 300 million bucks just for doing yeah. nothing from the NBA, That's and then awesome. then the NBA had to buy them out a couple of years ago, and I think they. Finally ended that deal. That's because, awesome. You yeah. know, uh, former Blazer uh, Maurice Lucas, that's where he started yep. before he ended up with the Virginia Squires. And um, then also, uh, Spirit of St. Louis broadcaster was a young Bob Costas. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I would love to, to see the Brisker story. And that Spirits of St. Louis story is pretty entertaining. Yeah. That, I'll have to read more about that. Yeah, that's, that. that's a really great story. I did not know all of that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, women's basketball, your uh, favorite my, sport. Yep, my yeah. favorite sport. That's coming up. Their season is opening soon, and the big thing—they have—they yeah. uh, do have one uh, exhibition game that is going to get some headlines. Yeah. <laughs> so just it was announced. The tickets went on sale this last week. USA national basketball team is coming to Gill on eleven four. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, current NBA or WNBA. Donna. Um, um, yeah. MVP Elena Deladon is going to yeah. be here, so it's going to be a really great game. What a great opportunity for Beavers yeah. to get to play that. A um, couple other things with them: this they're the sixth straight season season te- we broke the season ticket record. That's so, awesome. And then currently ranked number six. Um, so again, looking forward to this season. A lot of Beavers uh, or alumni are. Playing over in Europe, so Marie Gulich and Joe Grimmick are playing in the EuroLeague. Yeah. Sydney Weiss is playing in Spain. Um, Katie McWilliams is in Germany um, for the Giro Live Panthers. How about uh, Ruth uh, Hamblin? So uh, Ruth, is she in Canada? Or no, Canada? Ruth Hamblin's playing in Russia. I okay. could not find her stat line. Hmm. Uh, Jamie, I hope she's still okay. Jamie Scott, <laughs> Scott and then uh, yeah. Jamie Scott. A, you know, Nay Wisner is playing in Russia, yeah. and I found her stuff, and she's averaging 31 minutes and 19 points. Sweet. Okay. And then Allie Gibson's playing in Puerto Rico. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of professionals playing uh, overseas. It's now, pretty awesome. Uh, 2020 Olympics are coming up, and I haven't looked it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have. Is Ruth Hamblin a potential candidate for the Canadian Olympic team? Or? Yeah. So I I I don't know for sure, but it seems like. Jamie and Ruth are pretty regularly on the Canadian That'd be awesome teams. if they made the Olympic team. Yeah. And then you also have to look at Marie, Marie Gulich and Joe Grimmick. You know, they're going to make their home country teams as well. Right. So that is awesome. Yeah. Um, basketball uh, coming up. I mean, men, the men play against Carroll College of Helena, Montana uh, next Wednesday. 
and then the women before they <laughs> before they play Team USA, they do have a tune-up against Union College. I'm not even 100% sure where Union College is from, but um, that's who they're opening up with before before the big one, before the big yeah. enchilada. And yeah. then uh, cross country team is going to be um, on the road, so to speak. Uh, they're going to find themselves in the land of cheese, lumber, and over-enunciated oils in Wisconsin at the uh, Nutty Coleman Inv- Invitational. It's usually a 30 to 35 team field. Last year, the Beavers finished 11th. This was kind of a, a watershed uh, moment for them because they had to beat two nationally ranked teams in order to get to 11th place last year. Um, the men's golf team is playing at the St. Mary's Invitational down in California, um, November 4th through 6th. That'll wrap up their fall season, their spring season, if you want to call it that, starts in February. Hmm. And then the women are playing at something called the Pac-12 Preview. I'll have more info on that at another time, I reckon. Uh, that's also going to be the 4th uh, through about the 6th. And um, the uh, soccer team, the men are off until the 24th, which we uh, mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to play a road game in San Diego. Uh, November 24th is a good time to be hit, or October yeah. 24th is a good time to head down to San Diego, that's for sure. Play the Aztecs. The women, uh, they are hosting the Huskies at uh, Paul Lorenz Field on Friday, and you mentioned that one. Yep. And then um, on the 24th, they're going down to Tempe to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. So that's about what's that's, coming up. Yeah, and then football's playing this weekend. Yeah, they're going down to a place that's actually been fairly friendly to. They've, uh, they've had some success, um, not in the last one. <laughs> but, but under the first Riley administration, the second Riley administration, and under Erickson, um, they played really well down at Strawberry Canyon. They had some exciting games there. I think the famous game where... Uh, Gosh, I can't remember the quarterback's name, but he, uh, for Cal, instead of getting out of bounds, let time expire so they couldn't even take uh, oh, what would have been remember. a winning field goal. I can't remember. I, don't remember I think this. that was the Kevin Kevin Riley. Is that right? Uh, that might have been know. a different quarterback. Um, I remember that. So yeah, with golf season coming to an end, I actually uh, I wanted to do some homework on Tristan Tree itself. Because we both went to OSU and we played at Tristan. Everybody that it, yeah, if you went to OSU and you played golf, you ended up playing at yeah, Tristan. I mean, Tree calling what we did out there would be generous to call it playing golf. But yeah, there's some there's, there's some grounds, there's some groundskeeper <laughs> out there hates our guts for how many divots we were divot out of the field. But, but yeah. yeah, kicking and muttering, yeah, yeah. that's. But uh, nonetheless, um, Tristan Tree uh, Golf Course got me wondering. Uh, well, actually, this all was generated because I was trying. to to think up a name for our as-yet-unnamed podcast. And I went through the lyrics to our alma mater song. Um, they used to play it after football games sometimes, mm-hmm. and the band plays it at various uh, sporting events and events and graduations and things. Like maybe any five students on mm-hmm. campus at any given time might know the words to the song. They're probably music majors. I don't know the words. Mm-hmm. I had to look them up. Um, they do play it sometimes, though. So I was looking to see if the lyrics... Uh, could be the key to giving this podcast game a name. It is not. But uh, the good news is there is a chunk of the lyrics which inspired me to talk about Tristan Tree Golf Club. And uh, because the OSU fall golf team, is their season's coming to a close. And uh, you may not know, I certainly didn't know, uh, our alma mater song is called Carrying Me Back to OSU. I did not know. That didn't nope. 
I did not know that. (laughs) But it's called, uh, it was originally called Carry Me Back to OAC because Oregon State University was founded in 1868 as Oregon Agricultural College. So truth be told, we're just lucky to have our mascot be the beavers rather than the Aggies. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a whole other discussion. Anyway, within uh, Carry Me Back to OSU are the lyrics, I love to wander on the pathway down to the trysting tree. For there I see again in fancy old friends dear to me. Oh, hmm. that's nice. And it's uh, said that Tristing Tree uh, from Oregon State University home golf course got its name. Um, you know, what leaves that question unanswered? What exactly is a Tristing Tree? And that's hmm. a, a poetic and or romantic description of a tree. Mm-hmm. We all know I, what trees are. Yeah, I actually um, know this story. Yep. Oh, you did? I know this. I think I know this. Well, story. you had a friend who was a horticulture major when you were going to school. That didn't, that's cheating. Yeah, that's but, true. I was dating a horticulture major at yeah, the time. Yes. Whatever. But <laughs> uh, the uh, <laughs> um, it's a tree of any species which have, through their individual prominence or unique appearance or position, uh, let's see here. Uh, I lost my place. Uh, and I don't have a reading glasses. There we go. Been chosen as a traditional meeting place for mm-hmm. uh, meetings of people for specific purposes, oftentimes romantic in nature. It is common for the dates and names of individuals to be carved into the bark of said tree, which probably, you probably knew that part of the story. I had no idea. Uh, so often trysting trees are uh, chosen of tree species with smooth bark in which to carve, such as sycamore, beech, or the always popular horn beam, whatever that might be. <laughs> uh, a tryst we we have a you know an idea. Right. It's always always with the romantic thing, right. uh, essentially. But specifically, it refers to a time and place for meeting, uh, particularly for our lovers. The lovers, yes, good for them. Uh, but interestingly enough, in the old French tryst, often referred to a meeting place for hunters, uh, which I guess isn't too dissimilar. Uh, but stretching it out, taking its meaning from the Norse and the old English languages as well. A trysting day refers to an arranged day of meeting for soldiers, friends, lovers, business partners, missionaries, vacuum salespeople, whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, I didn't even know as I'd ever read Robin Hood. I've only seen the animated versions and maybe the uh, Kevin Costner movie. Mm. I'm not proud of that. But <laughs> uh, the animation animated version is cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, Maid Marian and Robin Hood are uh, buried beneath their trysting tree, which mm. I had no idea. Did you know I did, that? I did not know that. Uh, poet Robert Burns wrote of a trysting tree. Uh, his, in particular, was a thorn tree, which I have to imagine requires a depth of commitment uh, to carve one's initials in, in that at the uh, Mill of Manic. To this day, there is a new hawthorn tree planted near that, and mm. uh, it's been around... Uh, they had to replace it in 2012, uh, most recently, and because it, it had died. But um, it was apparently the site at which uh, uh, Burns wrote of courting a young lady named Nancy. A famous American trysting tree sits in San Juan Capistrano, California, which served as the base for a gang of thieves in the employ of Tiburcio Vasquez. It was at this tree where his gang would divide up their spoils after raiding a village. Uh, before heading for the hills. They also actually mm-hmm. robbed a stagecoach that ran between San Diego and uh, uh, another town in California, the name of which escapes me at this time. Uh, that brings us at long last to Corvallis's own trysting tree, which did exist. It yes. Was a, I see, see now, I, I didn't know. Because no, you, I knew this. Yes. Did, so I did not Benton know this, Hall, the white building yeah, down there. Yep. I had no idea because I, was, <laughs> uh, I started school after the original trysting tree had to be removed because it was rotting. 
Um, but yeah, there's a great poplar that was planted on the OSU or at the time OAC campus, located, like you said, near Benton Hall, which for a long time served as the administration building. The legend is that the tree was planted by a horticulture uh, staffer by the name of George Coote between uh, 1880 and 1885, exact date unknown at this time. The uh, tree grew and it became a popular place for students to meet, particularly mm. for dates. Yep. Uh, so that would have been the tree I would have gone to where girls would tell me they just wanted to be friends. And uh, <laughs> the tree was renowned for its magical effects, particularly in the springtime when students could once again see the sun and therefore their fancies turned to love or whatever. Uh, the original tree planted by Mr. Coot went to rot in the 1980s, kind of like the football team, so it turns out to be symbolic. <laughs> um, but a few limbs were saved and planted elsewhere on campus, and the original tree was removed in 1987, which is probably a good reason why I had no idea. See, I didn't know that you knew. I had no idea of its existence, and I went because I didn't start there till 89. Um, a poem, uh, author unknown, uh, actually uh, was written about OAC's beloved Tristan tree in 1908. And the last stanza goes like this. Uh, Long mayest thou live, thou worthy friend, thou dear old trysting tree. Long may thy branches proudly wave majestically and free to mind us of all those happy days spent at OAC. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah. That brings us to the golf course itself. The course was named after the famed campus Gray Poplar. Uh, designed by Ted Robinson Sr., opened for business in 1988. It is the home course of Oregon State University's golf team. They used to play at Corvallis Country Club. Uh, but this one is a public course that we can both attest to having torn massive divots out of. Yes, it is public, <laughs> much to somebody's chagrin. Yeah, it is a low-lying Scottish Lynx-style course. And if you hit from the championship tees, and I, we did never do that. No, but, that's not us. Uh, no, it's over 7,000 yards long. So it is a, an honest-to-goodness championship uh, golf course. Um but uh, I, I enjoyed playing there. We, we, I've maybe only played there a dozen times because I've probably in the last 30 years played golf uh, 20 times at the most anyway. Yeah, I think I can't We remember. played there a few times. Yeah, uh, we played with your friend with the Mustang back in Yeah, Neil Parker, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so, uh, but I played there a few times. I have some fond memories of spending a day or two of spring out there playing golf. Now, I don't remember if the back nine had been completed or if we just never played yep. the back nine when we were there. I don't remember, but we always just played the front nine. I think and, so, yeah. Uh, as I am a truly awful golfer, though, um, the par four ninth hole is the only hole in which I have ever scored a birdie <laughs> in however many years I've played golf. I, I don't believe you were there for that no, one. No, I don't remember that I think at all. that one, you would have remembered that. I would have remembered that. You would have made <laughs> a celebration. Big, I was going to say, you would have been epic. made an epic celebration <laughs> of that one. But, uh, yeah, I piped my drive right down the middle of the fairway, about like 220, 225, maybe 230. Uh, then I took out my old reliable Spalding era 5-wood and whacked it by some miracle onto the green. And then I put it out from about 15 feet away for a birdie three. Hmm. And at that point, I may or may not have done some sort of happy Gilmore, Gilmore bowl dance uh, before it even existed. Might have been with Phil uh, Shepard on hmm. that particular oh, round. Or uh, uh, I was lucky enough to play there once with OSU basketball legend Brent Berry and his mom, who came up from California to spend the weekend visiting him. They're both good at golf, and I'm significantly less good. Brent got a lot of laughs out of that and his poor mother who's used to playing with other good golfers she did a pretty good job of holding in her frustration but uh, when she was driving us back to the campus she says 
you know, Pete, you play golf really interestingly. Yeah, so that was <laughs> that was a nice. Can't, so, Pete, can't we put take the word golf out? And say that for just about everything that you and I end up doing. Well, that's true. You, you play whatever really yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's any sort of sport. It's really an interesting one. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, I got to play with my dad a couple times. My friend Tom Holmes of the OSU football team. Big hitter, Tommy was. Not, uh, but, um, and uh, my, my uh, bus best buddy for a long time, Troy Thrush, I got to play there with him a few times. Uh, one, actually, of my few encounters with Jonathan Smith, who was the Beavers football coach. He was the quarterback at that time, and he was working there during the summer, um, back when the NCAA sort of allowed players to have summer jobs uh, that were semi on the up and up. And uh, I almost got run over by Coach Smith because I was writing on my scorecard. I'm looking down, and I wasn't paying any attention. I walked right in front of where the carts pull out, and he's just ripping out of the cart parking area, and I never saw him, and I just hear screech. Because I'm looking down at my scorecard. Hmm. Now, because he's Jonathan Smith, and he was a public figure then, and he's a public figure now in Corvallis, he didn't say anything mean. He just said, uh, you may want to wait until you're inside to write on your scorecard next time, buddy. Um, so I'm sure after he drove off, he probably had some more colorful things to say. Somehow but I don't think so. He might not have. Yeah, I don't, he seems like the kind of guy that he's, he's just always he might have even that like, way, right? turned to his buddy and like, I almost hit a guy. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah. So, uh, but that's that's the story of story of Tristing Tree, where it came from. I'm yeah. The last I'm, I'm time, disappointed in myself that I didn't know that. But yeah, no, I knew that part of the story. The last time I played at Tristing Tree was with one of my buddies, and I remember it was he was just starting to play golf, and so it was two of us, and they paired us up with two other guys that didn't know us. Oh no, and they they were both golfers, or no, yeah, and I was decent, somewhat, right. right? We were all about the same, but my buddy, not having played a lot of golf, he's down there by the river, just hacking away, swearing <laughs> a storm, throwing his clubs, and the two strangers look at me and they go, uh, "Is he okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, he's fine. He'll, just, be, fine. he'll be fine. Just move on. It's good." That's awesome. Yeah. So, well, so it for sure is a public. Oh yeah. Public. Uh, of sure. Yeah. Most oh, assuredly. I'm have to put that on my list now. I haven't yeah, done we that should go down there and play again sometime. Yeah. All righty. Well. All right. That wraps up episode two. Season two. Season two. Yeah. We'll uh, be back with another episode in a couple of weeks talking about OSU Beavers and uh, probably after a couple of basketball games here. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Thanks. Go Beavers.